it is good to be with you this morning. Matthew chapter 2. Oh, my wife says we're supposed to pray because the sign says to pray. But we should. Let's do that. Lord, we ask, we invite your presence. I, I do not want to conduct myself in the flesh today, but by your Holy Spirit. May you guide our thoughts and may the words that uh, are shared this morning be anointed by your grace alone. And as we are preparing our minds and hearts for another holiday season, and for many of us, it's like, well, we've been there, done that, and here we go again. But there is the need for us to prepare our minds and our hearts to make room for the Savior every day. Jesus, you know the hurts and the needs that are in this room today. People who are saying it's hard to have a joyful Christmas with what's happening in my life. I pray that they would seek your face as the hope of their lives. This day, Lord, may we be of encouragement. May we then be a blessing and encouragement to people around us. We pray it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So tell me, let's see if we can name the three greatest villains of the Christmas season. What do you say? Herod the Great. Herod the Great. Herod the Not So Great. Okay. <laughs> Got him. Who else? Not necessarily biblical. What do you think of them? They're the villains of Christmas. Commercialism. Okay, commercialism, but that's not a person. <laughs> Scrooge, the Grinch. Scrooge, and you said the Grinch. Well, nothing like you guys getting all the answers here. So I think those are true. If you wanted to name somebody and say, who's, you know, don't, don't be a Grinch. Don't be a Scrooge. Those are bad guy stories, right? Well, the bad guy in the story we read in the Bible is, as you said, Herod. And Herod's a rascal. I, I'm not going to try to talk the whole morning about him because I talk, like to talk about better things than that. But I, I did jot down some things in Matthew chapter 2. If you take notes, you might want to write this out. These are things that I see that Herod was. Herod was a disturbed king. When he found out that there was competition in chapter 2, verse 3, it says that Herod was troubled. Now think about this. And all of Israel with him. That's like when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And if Herod was troubled, it meant trouble for everybody. He was a mean, ornery rascal. So he was a disturbed king. The second thing I see in verse 8, that he's a deceitful king. He was a liar. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. He told those wise men, come back. And I want to go worship this king as well, when that was never his intent. He was a deceived king. He got tricked by the wise men. They went home another direction. That's in verse 16. He was a deadly and vengeful king. Tells us in verses uh, 16 through 18 that he had the children of Bethlehem killed under the age of two. In that story, God comes to Joseph in a dream and sends them to Egypt. And at the end, it says in verses 19 through 21 that when the word came to Joseph by an angel again, 
But that's an interesting thought, by the way. Joseph, Joseph, who I call the forgotten man of Christmas, had four more visitations from the heavens than any other character in this story. And yet Joseph never, there's not one spoken word recorded of Joseph in all of Scripture. But God knew him intimately. And he came to Joseph and told him to return. Because why? Herod is dead. He's a dead king. But the king who lives is the king of kings. Amazing story. So I found the story that parallels, though not exactly, parallels the story of Herod. It goes like this. Some of you probably can quote it with me. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. <laughs> but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one knows quite the reason. It could be, listen to this, it could be that his head wasn't screwed on quite right. It could be perhaps his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may be, may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the hoops. He's, are you catching these parallels to Herod? <laughs> hating him. <laughs> Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath and they're hanging their stockings, their uh, he snarled with a sneer, tomorrow is Christmas, it's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming, I must find a way to keep Christmas from coming. <laughs> I want to explore the three reasons that the Grinch was who he was. Now, Dr. Seuss doesn't say for sure, he says it might be, but there are three reasons that were given. Do you remember what they were? The first one was that his head was not screwed on quite right. Well, the truth is none of ours are. That's a fact. Uh, I think it was B.F. Skinner that said we are all mildly neurotic. We all have a screw loose here or there. But the fact is that the Grinch had a mind problem. He had a problem with his head because he approached, oh, I love this, this has a footrest and everything. <laughs> I know, wake me up when I'm done. <laughs> it doesn't have a back. I see that, <laughs> thanks Gordon, he says it doesn't have a back. <laughs> Uh, so, here's the deal. Christmas is a time when we often struggle with our mind. 
We have things that come up, bad relationships. There's a there's a really, I don't know if you like it or not, I liked it, the, the, the live version of this made into a movie with Jim Carrey several years ago. But in this, it explains how Grinch got the way he is because he was picked on and bullied and abused as a little guy. And, and so now he's living out this reaction. The truth is that the holiday season, many times, in fact, last time I was here, I talked about forgiveness. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I remember it. And I thought it was really good. Anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't say it to fish for content. <laughs> the fact is that when we are in the holiday season, we're many times forced into contact with what are otherwise strained or difficult relationships. And they're hard. And they can play with our mind. And we have to take those thoughts in control. You want to have a Christmas that's not a grinchy Christmas? You're going to have to choose the right attitude. The, the head screwed on is a direct, I'm telling you, it, it, it affects our, our attitudes. Um, have you ever had a holiday where you're just kind of ornery? And sometimes we don't understand and we don't analyze the why. I'll give you an example. What, um, my mother passed away about 25 years ago. And she passed away in September. And the next spring, my niece got married, the oldest granddaughter. Uh, and when she got married, uh, we went, I don't remember where we were living at the time, but we were, she got married up in Traverse City and we went up for the wedding. And my daughter was in the wedding, and so we had to be there for the rehearsal. And I know it's hard to believe. I know, I know it is, but I was ornery than a skunk. I was mad. I was, and I don't, and I was not, I tell you, I was not identifying why. I just, and finally we, we Sarah was at the rehearsal, and we had the boys with us, and we went to a playground down by the lake and let them get out and play, and my wife, being the tender heart that she is, looks at me and says, okay, that's enough, what's going on? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, You're, you are being unreasonably ornery. You need people in your life that will tell you the truth, by the way. And uh, it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember weeping and saying, I'm mad because my mother should have been here. Nicole was her treasure and she lived for her and she should have been here. And I had no idea that was pent up inside of me. But I'm telling you, it was there. And the holidays are a time when it brings out things we didn't realize about ourselves. So what I'm telling you is you need to be in touch with your thinking, but the Bible says we need to take every thought captive and bring it into submission to Christ. He wants to redeem the hurt in your life. So the, the old Grinch, he had, he had a, his, his head was screwed on wrong. That might have been his problem that day. I got a feeling it was part of it. Um, 
And by the way, it says that he stood there as he watched them getting ready for Christmas. It says he stood there hating the who's. See, it's one thing to let something come into your mind. It's another thing to let it stew until it becomes bitterness. That's a great place to either say amen or oh my. <laughs> or ouch. Okay? So we, we have to bring every thought into submission. So there was, there was the, the, his head. The second thing was his hurt. It, said his, it says that his shoes were three sizes too small. Uh, be aware of the hurts in your life. Not to, not to hold them against anybody, but be aware of the things that hurt. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. Hurting people hurt people. This is old a saying, but it's absolutely true. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Be aware of the hurt in your life because if you're not aware, you'll hurt people without even knowing you're doing it. Because you deflect that hurt. The other thing is, and I think this is so important. I think Cindy Lou Who, if you've read the story, little Cindy Lou Who has the right mindset because she's just full of grace and forgiveness. I mean, I can imagine the Grinch looking at little Cindy Lou Who and saying, if you understood how bad my feet hurt, and she would say, I'm sorry, Santa, come here. Let me soak your feet for you. To offer grace to the people who want to hurt us is a powerful gift. To offer grace to the most obstinate and ornery person in your life and genuinely offer love is powerful. His head was screwed on wrong. His shoes were too small. But he says, I think, that the real problem was that his heart was two sizes too small. See, he had a head problem. He had a hurt problem, but he had a heart problem. He had a real heart problem. And the truth is, that's all of our problem. That's, that's the sin problem. That's the problem we can say we don't have it. You can say, well, I'm not like the Grinch. I'm not like Herod. If we started naming villains, we would name the, the mass murderers and the, and the dictators and the evil people of history. We could say, I'm not like them. And I'm going to tell you that you're not like them in some ways, but we're all like them in other ways. We are, we are only restrained from our sin nature by the social mores and the, the, the restraints that are put on us or the training or the consideration. But we've all lied, stolen, cheated, been immoral, and murdered in our hearts in some way or another. And sin demands a savior. It really does. Now, I'm not offering you the savior of Cindy Lou Who, Jesus Christ. Isn't this amazing? that the great Christmas stories like 
Dickens' A Christmas Carol. We, we run around and we say, don't be a Scrooge. Don't be so grinchy. But both of those stories, the greatest stories and all those little spin-offs of those stories, they all have the same theme. And the theme is not evil. The theme is redemption. If you want to take the end of the story, you can't say who they were at the beginning. You have to see who they were at the end. The Grinch is a good guy. He carves the roast beast. Ebenezer Scrooge brings gifts and the biggest, fattest goose he could find at the store for Bob Cratchit's Christmas and make sure that little tiny Tim gets the medicine he needs. Why? Because there was redemption. There was a recreation because they had an encounter with themselves that they had to change. The Grinch stole everybody's Christmas. Isn't that amazing? He went in the houses. He took the gifts from under the tree. He took the Christmas tree and stuffed it up the chimney. The last thing he took, it says, is the log from the fireplace so they couldn't even have the Yule log of celebration. And it says all that were left were strings and wires where the things used to be hung on the wall. He took everything. He took it all. And he did it not just to Cindy Lou Who. He did it to every home in Whoville. That nasty, mean monster. So we've talked We've talked about the Grinch. We've talked about his head problem. We've talked about his hurt. And we've talked about his heart. But these who's amaze me. Because the who's ought to be us. We all have losses to count. We've all had disappointments and pain. Part of getting old. It ain't a joke. Only tough people get, should get old. There are hurts and disappointments in our lives. We've had things taken from us that didn't seem right. But the end of this story is mind-boggling because he hated the noise, the noise, the noise. And then it says... I love this. It says, uh, I got to read, here we go. He wrote, he took all the presents, the toys, and he up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode to the tip top to dump it. Poo poo to the who's. He was grinchly, grinchily humming. They're finding out now, no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then all the who's down in Whoville will cry. Boo-hoo, what a noise. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear, and he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad why this sound this sound sounded merry. It 
couldn't be so. But it was Mary. Very. He started, he stared down at Whoville, the Grinch popped his eyes, then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it just, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled three hours, his puzzler, till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe he Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then, well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. I love that. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. He brought back the toys and the food for the feast, and he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. I see, and I'm going to wrap it up with this, I see the Grinch here doing, <clears throat> being uh, repentant in what he did. He went back. He was repentant. He was, he made restitution. He went back and he gave back what was taken and there was, there was, um, a repentance, a, rest, a reconciliation, and a restitution. He made reconciliation with the who's. And here's what I wanted you to catch about all this, is the who's who had joy even without the trappings of Christmas. The last line says something more about the who's than it does about the Grinch. I want you to catch that. It says that he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Now, how do you do that unless the who's have accepted you and taken you in? And I think that's another lesson we can learn here is to be a kind of people who give hurting people a second chance who are redemptive and loving. Maybe this year there's somebody in your life that you've been alienated from. Maybe a family member, maybe a neighbor. Maybe there's been hurt, maybe it's just been neglect. But it's been a long time and you're saying, you know what? Christmas this year is going to be different. I'm going to draw them in. I'm going to express some love. I'm going to do, I'm going to give what they don't deserve what they haven't earned, but God has given me, so I'm going to share it with them. Redeemed people are redemptive. Reconciled people 
minister reconciliation. We bring healing. Well, so I want everybody to be a Grinch. Right? I want everybody to be a Scrooge in the best possible way. What decision do you need to make this Christmas? What change do you need to institute in your life? Let me pray for you. This morning, Father, we have been in your presence. And it may sound silly to read a story out of a children's book, but there are lessons here. There was an evil man named Herod who really did evil things and he never got it. He never understood the plan of redemption. And there are people that when we begin to be loving, they're going to be ugly and unresponsive to it, but we still do the right thing. But I pray today that we will be people of redemption and healing and encouragement. And may we truly experience the joy of giving the gift of love. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, any questions or comments? Thank you all you who, who joined us on, is it Facebook? Wherever, out there in TV land. Blessings, have a Merry Christmas. You're dismissed. You are welcome. <laughs> now what's that?